welcome to Relaxed Cast with me, Alex, or better known as Relaxed Can. So in the last episode, we spoke about art, which of course, most of you who are listening and followers on Instagram will actually know me for. But a long time before that, my profession started out as a composer and a sound designer. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But to start off with, a couple of weeks back I had a new track I released called It's Been a While. So I think it's probably actually a good place to start with uh, this journey into my past with music composition. The reason it's called It's Been a While is because actually this track features uh, some guitar playing that I composed and actually that was the first time I've done that in about five years I think. Going back before that guitar, I mean, wow. Um, so I started playing when I was seven or eight. Um, I got my first classical guitar, had a guitar teacher, and uh, like every seven or eight year old, you know, your enthusiasm to actually learn something um, is very low, should we say. Um, and I didn't practice. And as a result of that, for many years, I claimed to play the guitar, but I mean, in reality, did I really play the guitar? Probably not. Well, I could, but just not very well, because I didn't practice. And, you know, my tutor, wasn't exactly the best, so... So, yeah, but to be fair, during the time of uh, trying to learn to play the guitar um, and having keyboard lessons, I also tried to play the violin... Um, that fell badly. Also had singing lessons, and uh, I think that was a case of, like, some people should sing, some people should sing personally. So I think I was probably the latter on that one. Singing was definitely not for me, and violin, you know, I just could never really understand why or how to bow and have it on your shoulder when I had a guitar that was lower down. And, you know, at 11 years old... These are questions that are hard to answer without practice. Um, but actually, when I started taking guitar seriously and music seriously, I was around about 13, I joined the school orchestra, and that kind of changed everything for me. It kind of gave me the determination to actually practice and care about it a bit more. Um, it gave me confidence in the sense that people were like, oh, yeah, you're, you're that guy that plays in uh, the orchestra. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that's me. So I think that kind of boosted my ego and my confidence a little bit. But with that, it pushed me to actually care about music. Um, around about the same time and over the course of the next couple of years, I um, kind of discovered film music um and film music really changed everything for me in the sense that i understood the power 
that music had in relation to story and narrative. And it was while I was watching films by John Carpenter, so like Halloween, The Fog, The Thing, uh, you know, those classic horror films. That actually, I shouldn't have been watching at that age, but let's forget that bit. But um, it was while watching those that I understood what music and sound did. Um, because without music and sound, like back then, a horror film would not have been scary. Like, categorically, this wouldn't have been. You know, the, we didn't have VFX. People didn't film the way that they film now. There wasn't blood. There wasn't gore. So it really relied upon the cinematographer filming something in a certain way or editing it in a certain way combined with sound and music to create a jump scare. Um, and in reality, it's the music that, or the sound that creates that jump scare more than the visual that you're seeing. Um, because with sound and music, of course, uh, primarily sound, um, we relate sounds around us that we hear to different things. So, um, you know, someone that's been fighting in a war, if they hear a firework going off, they will relate that to a bomb going off or gunfire or whatever that may be. So in our brains, we start to connect these things. So when you've got a visual in front of you, and you've got the narrative of something being scary, put that with a sound that iterates that kind of scariness, then we relate to that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where I kind of got into film music. But equally, also sound design. Um, but, you know, I've kind of been thinking about sound design a lot, and I actually think it's going back to when I was in my early teenage years, listening a lot to Eminem, uh, I remember, must have been about 10, just turned 11, um, I got the Eminem Encore at a CD um, with a Sony Walkman for Christmas. Um, again, a bit like the films, I probably shouldn't have been listening to that music, you know, with the bad language and everything. But um, we will overlook that because that's creatively made me who I am today. Um, but yeah, so listening to, you know, Encore, uh, I really, on repeat, I will add, over and over again all day, um, I started to learn how sound design was used within music to also tell a story narratively. Um, you know, a lot of rap music like, you know, Eminem, Dr. Dre, you know, they all use sound effects to help illustrate what they're saying and what they're doing. So the song has become a narrative performance, just like a film, just like theatre. And then when you're adding those extra sounds in on, you know, certain words, so I don't know if it's saying something about off the top of my head something like about guns and you start to put gunshots then you know again it's that same thing that if you're watching the film with a jump scare it illustrates that in your mind because you connect that sound to that word 
and what's happening in the story of the song lyrically. So I really think that listening to that kind of music really um, helps inspire my love for sound design also. Um, so I went on to study sound design um, for my BA at university. Um, and that time I worked on numerous amounts of short films and documentaries. Um, and my plan always was that if I, I didn't want to study music because I knew that if I studied film music, it would just ruin it for me. I'd hate it. So the, the plan was if I studied sound design, I'd already be working on the films. So then it kind of just made sense for me to compose for them also. And that's what happened. So I spent a lot of my time composing and doing sound design for these short films and documentaries, um, many of which are still online in various places on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, so good luck trying to find them. I mean, always ask me. I, I might be nice and send it to you. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of... That was like my film music, but at the same time, uh, I, I was always interested in sound for... Sp like, as in space and place. Like, okay, in a cinema, you sit in your seat and you watch some and the sound immerses you. I mean, you know, going back to sound of music... Um, you know, you have a sad scene in a film. Um, yeah, okay, what you're visually seeing sad, but without music or words, it wouldn't be that sad. And I think it's nine times out of the ten. Nine times out of ten, it's the music that triggers you to cry with that scene than the actual visual itself. So, like, music and sound in the sense of narrative and film are very, very powerful. Um, I mean, I don't know if any of you listening have actually thought about that before, but next time you watch a film and you feel sad or something, take note of what's happening uh, audibly at the same time, because I think you'll start to find that that is the trigger. Thinking of that, I kind of love having that power to emotively make someone feel something through music um, because then I can connect through uh, with various things throughout my life to express and help trigger that kind of response in other people. So it's kind of like this mystical power um, to have that I can say, okay, I'm going to make someone sad through my music or maybe I'll make them happy or maybe I'll make them scared. And knowing how to do that is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, going back to space and place, so yeah, you can sit in a cinema and watch a film, and you're immersed to a point, but I always wanted more, like, that was never enough, I wanted people to really feel and experience music, so the only way you can do that is spatially, um, so that's where I kind of got into exhibitions and sound in that sense, because... I really wanted people to be immersed in a space. Um, so yeah, I started working on exhibitions and I kind of want to talk about that more in the next podcast, but from a music sense, um, I can just touch on that, you know, last year I finished composing 
and soundtracking like a whole big exhibition in uh, Latvia for the Museum of Occupations. And for me, that was sort of like one of my goals in life unlocked that I could just sound design and compose for this whole museum. Um, so it was really interesting how it worked structurally. I worked on it quite similarly to a film, actually, that, you know, you would have your key areas or key points in the story on the emotional arc that you follow through. Um, so I composed three or four kind of main parts and themes, I guess you would call them. And yeah, so I composed different themes for different sections. And then what that allowed me to do is interweave those themes throughout the different sections in the story as the visitor moves through the space. Um, so it was literally like creating a film soundtrack, but in real life. And that, for me, yeah, that was like my goal. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess that's kind of my shortened version of experiences for composing and sound design, my background. Okay, so now I have a question from Didana Artist. Hope I said that right, Didana. Maybe. Um, so the question is, what's your favorite instrument? So my favorite instrument, you know, it really kind of varies depending on what I'm doing, but I suppose my go-to thing for creating emotion is always going to be stringed or like bowed stringed instruments. Um, and particularly, I guess, the viola, because the viola sits between the cello, which I love, and the violin, which I kind of don't like as much. So you kind of get that in the middle, in the middle ground of those. And yeah, viola's good. I like viola, but also cello and harp. Um, and then I like weird instruments as well. Well, not weird, but, you know, less traditional instruments like the lute or in Arabic music, the oud. Um, still stringed instruments, mind. But um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of take inspiration from music from around the world and from different genres and different instruments because it's very inspiring. And the second question from Didana Artist is, what's the most interesting or unusual effect I've created? So to be fair, I think when I was working on a film, a short film, it was quite art. Uh, quite an artsy film called uh, Bitter Plum. Um, I really kind of went out to just create the weirdest, most messed up sounds that I could. So basically there's a section of the film where it spirals into this kind of other worldly space. Um, and the sounds I created for that, like I was in the studio and I was just scraping metals and making all kinds of sounds and adding effects to those and yeah I think I think that's probably like the craziest uh, sort of sounds I've ever made because the aim of it was to make people feel uncomfortable I mean there was people grating teeth there was people 
doing all sorts of weird stuff just to make it the most uncomfortable experience. Okay, so that kind of concludes this episode, and I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to a bit more background about my life and my music and my composing and my sound design, and I'm sure we will talk about that more in up-and-coming episodes. And the next episode, I'm going to talk about my exhibition design and spatial design a bit more so you can learn about that side of what I do also. So until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye. (laughs) 